Welcome to today's PCT podcast. I'm Brad Harbison, and I'm happy to be joined by Jim McHale, the longtime leader of JP McHale Pest Management, which services New York City and surrounding areas. And JP McHale is now part of Anasimics after selling in 2019. But uh, Jim continues to run the operation, serving as president. And uh, with reports coming out of you know New York City regarding some extreme road behavior, we wanted to check in with Jim and learn about you know how his what his company is seeing in the field and, and sort of how it's holding up during this whole COVID-19 pandemic. Um, Jim, thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate uh, getting the opportunity to speak with you. Great. Um, Jim, to start with, can you just give us a little brief history of J.P. McHale and, and your involvement in the pest control industry? Absolutely. So my um, my dad came over, uh, you know, from Ireland, and he got a uh, he eventually secured a job as a, a, a corrections officer at Sing Sing uh, Prison, um, and uh, you know he um, he along with a bunch of other guards, you know they they uh, all had side gigs. These guys worked three to eleven at night, and they had you know all types of um, um, you know side gigs going. There was a, a carpet cleaner, a pool guy, a plumber. Um, you know there was a pest control guy, and my dad started out a. a beer tap cleaning business. So he would uh, clean beer, uh, draft beer taps. And uh, yeah, from Ireland, he probably cleaned about from both sides, right? So he was good <laughs> at it. <laughs> right. But uh, he would, um, he would, uh, you know, go to the, uh, these uh, bars and restaurants and his weekly route. And he would, he would always encounter the pest guy, the other guard, his name was Patrick McCauley. And um, at some point they, you know, connected and said, hey, you know, Pat said, hey, Jim, you're already at the same accounts as me. Why don't I give you the can and, and you can do the pest control. I'll pay you while you do your beer tap cleaning route. So, um, you know, my dad went ahead and did that. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough, you know, I was at an age where I took an interest and, uh, you know, I got to ride with him on Saturdays. And, uh, you know, when I was off from school during the week and you know, I learned very quickly that it was really not about uh, cleaning the pipes or, or uh, killing the bugs. It was about relationships and, and the client experience and, and uh, dealing with people. And uh, if you like people, uh, you know, what a wonderful industry we're in. So um, I really took a liking to the business. I took a, like, a liking to the way my dad approached the business, the way he talked to his customers and the respect that they had for him. And he was like this trusted, you know, partner in their business. And, uh, you know, that excited me. So, um, you know, and, you know, a little bit of a fortuitous timing. Um, I went to, um, you know, Cornell University, uh, you know, when I graduated from high school uh, in the field of entomology. And, you know, the industry, uh, when I was in high school and early college was really evolving. The DEC was being formed. There was testing requirements to get into the business. Uh, Connecticut offered a oral exam, which a lot of guys, you know, who were in the industry for many years probably couldn't pass. You know, the industry was becoming very professional. Um, I was fortunate enough to link up with Austin Frischman early in my career. Uh, you know, as we all know, he is, uh, you know, an innovator and a leader in this uh, industry for years. And um, I'll never forget, we were going to a seminar and, and people were complaining about chloridane and all the hydrocarbons that they were banning. Um, and, you know, Austin, uh, you know, kind of pulled us aside and was like, listen, this is a great thing for the industry because, you know, right now you're probably charging $800 and you're going to do a termite treatment and you never go back. He goes, now with these new products uh, that are, you know, that are going to break down in sunlight, um, you're going to do a job. You're probably going to charge $1,500 and you're going to go back every year for $125, $150 to either reapply or inspect. He's like, that's called a reoccurring business. This is going to be 
a real legitimate business. And this is all good for the industry. The more regulations, the better. Um, that sort of ignited my inner spirit, synergized by the you know client relationship portion of the business. Um, I went to Cornell and they were just talking, starting to talk about integrated pest management. Um, I hooked up with Professor Jeff Scott up there, and he was he took an industry they they took an interest in me uh, because most of the uh, pest management professionals up at Cornell at the time were agricultural based. So I was an urban guy. The teachers liked that. It was a little different than you know what they were normally uh, used to seeing. So I got some special attention there, and uh, you know I just I hit the ground running. So uh, you know I've been in the industry since 1988. I I bought my dad out in 1992. Uh, my brothers joined me in 94 um, and uh, you know we ran the business for 30 years we I, I served as the New York State Pest Control uh, Association president uh, for a brief time and I was on the board of the National uh, Pest Management Association uh, most recently um, and uh, you know we ran the table I was always a fan of organic growth didn't do a lot of um, didn't do a lot of um, uh, M&A in my uh, career uh, at J.P. McHale Pest Management. Um, I like organic growth. I like, I like because you know we set the culture, and you know when you integrate other businesses, there's there's cultural differences, and there's a whole lot of uh, things that sort of uh, come crashing in together. And uh, so I liked organic growth. It, it was harder. It was harder to accomplish, harder to achieve, but I did like the fact that um, you know, we created the culture, people who onboarded with us, our new team members, sort of acclimated to our culture, and it was all about the customer experience. It was innovating around the at the edges, making it easy to buy, easy to renew, easy to arrange an appointment. Again, not so much about killing the bugs. We always stayed away from that, you know, we kill bugs better than this guy, or, you know, pests for that matter. Um, embracing technology, you know, in a, in a, it's a very, very commoditized marketplace up here in New York. Um, you know, if you don't deliver quality service to the client, um, you could be replaced in Craigslist on, in 10 minutes, you know, so you have to be responsive, you have to be innovative, uh, you have to be a good, uh, 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 have good brand support. So, you know, that's kind of how we focused and ran the business, uh, you know, from 1992 to 2019. So, um, and again, networking along the way, you know, I met some wonderful people in this industry and, you know, you can't do it alone. A lot of you know, I, I can think of a bunch of turning points in my career. Uh, again, that conversation with Austin Frischman kind of set me on a great path to, you know, this is going to be a great business. Uh, at some point, I needed financial intelligence, so I hired uh, uh, Dan Gordon uh, from PCO Bookkeepers. Uh, he was, I was probably one of his first clients. He came in, got my financial stuff and pest pack stuff in order, um, and uh, and then we, you know, I've had other consultants come in, uh, you know, along the way. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it culminated with a May 1st, 2019, uh, transaction to, uh, anti-CMEX and, uh, you know, it's been a year and, uh, they're a great group and, uh, support's been wonderful. And now I have, uh, additional resources and, uh, yeah, we're excited about the future. Yeah, you guys have certainly been one of the great success stories in the industry, and we've been, uh, enjoyed following you. And, uh, you know, Jim, I, I know that uh, J.P. McHale is involved in both the uh, residential and commercial sectors. I want to talk about kind of focus on the commercial side of things. In New York City, what are some of the typical accounts you service in New York City? So we, um, one of the first things we did when we came on board with anti CMAX was 
integrate a couple of companies that they had already purchased um, into our um, fold here. And um, so we did have a four and a half, five million dollar business in uh, Manhattan that we, we tucked in. Um, they had a, uh, a niche in uh, hotels, like, you know, high end hotels, all kinds of hotels, mostly the ho hotel industry. Um, you know, a lot of property managers, uh, food pantries, food processing plants, all commercial. So, um, you know, great business with a, an incredible EBITDA, great leadership. Um, we were able to uh, take two to three uh, of those uh, uh, individuals on that team and integrate them into my current leadership here. Um, and uh, they really, they we basically doubled my commercial business uh, onboarding that particular team down uh, JP McHale Pest Management down in New York City. They're located on 40th and Madison Avenue. Um, so hotels was our, 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 it seems to be the niche with that business. Uh, like I said, uh, not a lot of uh, restaurant or hospitality work, but more property managers, uh, hotels, and uh, that type of thing. Yeah, and and again on the subject of uh, some of your commercial accounts, you know, prior to this whole COVID nineteen pandemic, can you give us an example of a typical rodent pressure you might see at a commercial account in New York? You know, listen, rodent pressure in New York has always been substantial, especially if like Verizon or somebody's out drilling into the sidewalks or disrupting, you know, causing vibrations on the street, you'll get activity. Um, you know, we, we've we've we had accounts where we had no rodent activity and then there's some construction on the street or construction next door. Next thing you know, we have, you know, activity in, in an account that we never had activity before. Um, you know, some of the buildings, some of the avenues of entry that haven't been properly sealed, um, you know. Uh, present these clear pathways for for entry. Um, so you know, standard you know strategic placement of um, you know uh, rodent stations uh, coupled with live trapping, exclusionary work. You know that's the typical type of approach that uh, we would have. You know, in 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 instances where we could use it, obviously tracking powder was always a uh, a viable option. Um, you know. Uh, again, New York City always had to be a little aggressive, but more importantly, you had to be on guard and, and pay attention to, you know, what's happening next door and if there's construction going on or drilling in the street. Um, you know, when you disrupt things, then, you know, you get activity and you get some action. And, you know, I learned very long, you know, very long time ago that, um, you know, one one rodent uh, uh, running across the floor at a wedding that, you know, that that our, our client just lost, you know, a $300,000 wedding. Uh, so, yeah. You know, it's uh, you're regarding, you know, people's brands and reputation uh, all times. Yeah. And then um, so, again, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, everything that's going on with this this pandemic. And maybe, first of all, during the pandemic, were your service professionals able to gain access to these commercial accounts? So we had different uh, scenarios. So like our food pantries and um, our hotels, you know, they were still open. So they maybe reduced service. Uh, in some respects, a lot of our hospitality, our gyms, um, you know, they shut it down. They were on hold during this pandemic. So, you know, a lot of those guys we, we did not have access to. But um, in many instances, we were able to get in and do some sort of minimal service, um, mm -hmm. you know. And, you know, what, what was a natural pivot for us was the disinfecting and sanitization service. Um, yeah. We've always here at J.P. McHale have done, um, you know, disinfecting, you know, uh, removing insulation that's been soiled, uh, urine and fecal matter, um, and, you know, disinfecting uh, attics and crawl spaces and basements and businesses from, you know, raccoons, squirrels, 
you know, rats, whatever, you know, you may encounter. So it was a natural pivot because we already had the PPE gear, the equipment, uh, the product. Um, and, uh, you know, this pandemic obviously caused, uh, you know, uh, opened up new markets in different verticals. Uh, a lot of our hotels took in homeless folks who were um, on the streets. Uh, so, you know, disinfectant became a, a huge, huge product line in, in the hotel industry. Um, and, uh, you know, we had uh, food pantries and, and places that had, you know, essential businesses that stayed open during the pandemic, like shopping, uh, you know, shopping uh, centers and, uh, um, you know, uh, supermarkets, pharmacies, um, you know, community rooms, stuff like that, all decided that, you know, um, you know, every business owner, actually, it's, it's top of mind now, public health. If I'm going to open to the public, I have to, um, you know, I have to have the perception from my clients and my employees that they're coming into a very safe and, and uh, uh, clean environment. Yeah. And then, um, again, uh, Jim, talking about uh, rodent pressure, you know, we've been seeing these reports about some of this kind of extreme rodent behavior coming out of New York City. Um, what what are some of the observations that your guys were seeing? I mean, were they were they seeing them in areas they weren't? Were they being more aggressive? What were some of the observations that they had made? Yeah, so the reports I'm getting in from the field, we see a lot of activity in areas that we you know normally would not have. Um, a lot of our clients have been closed. Uh, you know, the, the restaurant or the you know the area, the space is quiet, dark. You know, no vibrations. So rodents now, you know through their spatial awareness practices, you know, are, are harboring in areas that, you know, they normally wouldn't be there because the lights are on and people are walking around and, and there's a lot of activity. And, you know, obviously we're in there on, for regular inspections. Um, I've heard um, uh, reports of, uh, you know, cannibalism, uh, rodents eating their young uh, because the dumpsters that normally would be, you know, plentiful with food have, are now empty. Um, you know, much like, you know, much like the construction and the vibrations on the street when people are drilling into the street, we're, we're getting that kind of activity. We're seeing, you know, um, significant movement. Um, like I said, when we, when, when our clients are now uh, in the process of getting, you know, of reopening or, you know, at least um, rebooting in, in some form or, or some way. Yeah, and with with some of these different changes in behavior, how have your service professionals changed their strategies? Well, one of the, you know, I talked to you before about you know we joined uh, forces with Anti-CMEX and the the resources that they bring. So they had a product. Uh, it's called our Smart System, um, and it's it's a uh, software-based rodent uh, trapping system, um, which has been phenomenal because you know you strategically place these boxes in uh at, you know potential pathways avenues of entry um and we don't have to wait for the client to call us we get notified when uh, rodents enter the station and um the data is tracked and as you know pest pest pressure is is usually reoccurring is it's you know very predictable um you know the same time every year or you know maybe an instance since it's not so predictable because there's there's different stresses uh in the environment that are creating uh, the activity, but uh, we're being notified now of uh, the activity, and we can certainly, um, you know, now instead of uh, spending our time checking traps and, um, you know, filling up replenishing bait, we're spending more time now 
proactively looking to see where these avenues of entry are, the clear pathways that they are entering into the building, and we're focusing on solving the product, the problem in more of a chronic fashion. Hmm. Interesting. And Jim, so I, kind of where we're at now, where do things stand now? Are, I mean, are you guys able to get access into all the accounts and have things returned somewhat to normal in terms of rodent pressure? So we... Um, as far as rodent pressure is concerned, we still are seeing a lot of activity. Things are starting to open up. I suspect 20% uh -huh. of certain verticals, like our retail food um, and some of maybe our restaurant work, I suspect 20% of those folks maybe won't even reopen. You know, some of the rents in New York City are astronomical. Um, you know, and a lot of guys that I knew, former clients, have walked away from their establishments after years of. Uh, service um it's because the debt was piling up you know they thought this this pandemic was going to be you know six weeks two weeks four weeks and then obviously it's longer than that now we have um um you know the uh protesting uh protest uh, marches going on in new york city and 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 then underlying there's some some rioting and looting going on so a lot of our clients have been uh damaged uh and uh you know windows broken and, and businesses destroyed so we have uh, had some setbacks, um, you know, uh, in regards to that. But for the most part, we are getting into getting into our clients. Like I said, uh, a lot of our hotels are reaching out to us now, disclosing that they've taken in homeless folks. Those homeless folks are, have moved out. They want to disinfect and sort of prepare for the for the business uh, the business that they they had prior to the pandemic. So um, things are opening up. I do suspect we're going to have 20%, 30% loss in certain vertical markets, um, but uh, you know, the fortunate thing is we did have a lot of high-end accounts in this New York City uh, business that we purchased, and a lot of that, a lot of those are going to, you know, come back and and, and open up. Hmm. Interesting. And you know, Jim, I know we've kind of talked, uh, focused mostly on the the commercial side, but I wanted to ask you a little bit about the residential side. Um, with more people working from home, are they observing rodents or other pest issues? And I just maybe overall, how has the COVID impacted this segment of the business? Oh my gosh. So our residential um, business is off the charts. I mean, off the charts. Uh, you know, the stocks, the financial analysts, they call their pandemic favorites, like Papa John's Pizza and Zoom. Well, I got my pandemic favorites too. It's tick control, it's mosquito control, it's residential smart boxes for the rodents. It's wasps. People are home. They want to be comfortable in their home and be protected in their home. Um, they have the disposable income because they're not traveling as much. And um, we are inundated with uh, residential uh, pest control requests, lawn furt, plant health care. People want their lawns to look like a million bucks. They're spending more time in their home. So they want to be comfortable in their home. Um, so one you know what we've uh what we've uh lost on the commercial side you know it hasn't really closed the gap but we've we've spiked up significantly on the residential side um and then you know we've been also been able to close the gap with that natural pivot to the disinfecting service which um you know was a was a, a significant uh catch i mean we 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 closed down um you know we closed down on march i think it was like march 12th they shut all the restaurants down in new york um, and, you know, by March 16th, we figured out that we had to get into this disinfecting business because the vertical markets were opening up. And by the end of March, we had about $80,000 sold and produced in disinfecting. So it was wow. a good quick pivot. And, uh, you know, 
it was an important one. But on the residential side, yes, significantly busy. Um, people are home. Uh, you know, one of the, you know they're noticing everything as well. I mean, you know, where they didn't see too many, um, you know, maybe all the pest activity. Now they are seeing the incredible amounts of pest activity, and our call volume is like, you know, 60 to 70 percent over last year on the residential queue. Yeah, that's a good that's a good sign, and that's uh, pretty consistent with what we're hearing from other folks in the business. That uh, some of the, you know both the residential side of the business and also some of these other ancillary services like the disinfecting are, are kind of picking up the slack from some of the commercial business that's been lost. So I think that's uh, uh, some some good news for for PCOs. So yeah, absolutely, uh, and we're we're you know we're bundling now as our co customers, our commercial customers, contact us about rebooting and reopening. You know we're bundling up a disinfectant service. We put a nice certification on the window saying this place has been disinfected and sanitized by JP McHale Pest Management. We're bundling it up with a rodent uh, program to you know do an inspection, clean up any soil uh, rodent urine and uh, you know droppings and any nesting sites that may have developed in there. Um, and it's been well received by our, our commercial clients. Uh, that's that's great news. Um, hey Jim, maybe the last question I have for you. Um, you know, you mentioned you've been in this industry for a long time now. You kind of seen it through good times and bad times. And you know, what advice would you give to other PCOs who are struggling with COVID and and all the economic implications that go with it? So you know, one I, I would be you know the the the, the number one piece of advice I would give is to be nimble. Be nimble and, you know, listen, we're an essential business. Um, we're a trusted advisor to our clients. And, you know, when something like this happens, you know, how can I help, you know, and, you know, is it tick control? Is it mosquito control? Is it disinfecting service? You know, what service that could we pivot into that we have already done sort of on an ancillary basis that we have experience on and that we could really help somebody? You know, we don't have to really sell ourselves in the pest control industry. Um, it's a need-based business. So if you can meet that need um, and 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 delight the client, and you know, be clear about your 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 goals and what you can do for them, you know, that's 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 the key to success. I mean, we've um, we've been able to, you know, our our, you know, we've still grown during this pandemic. We're we're up nine percent. Um, uh, you know, uh, from last year. Um, you know, obviously we're down from budget. We had a whole bunch of plans, you know, M&A wise and a few other things. But, you know, we've been able to grow and pivot and be nimble. Um, number two, my, my second piece of advice would be to network. Um, you know, one of the things about this industry, it's a small industry. People are so um, open and, and helpful and, um, you know, you know, everybody does things a little differently. And if you could take ideas and, and sort of benchmark, you know, when I was young, I, you know, I didn't have a lot of uh, experience in the business and and you know I was I was very fortunate enough to to run into someone like Tony Fortunato and Tony Ramirez from Western Pest Control and and those guys kind of took me under their wing and sort of shared some best practices with me and I was able to benchmark and bring those best practices into my um, operation you know I didn't take I didn't copy exactly but I, I took what I liked and I kind of cobbled together my own little um, you know uh, plan and uh, you know, when I went to National Pest Control Association meetings or when I served on boards, you know, you meet some very uh, creative and, and, and incredibly smart people in this industry. And uh, you should take advantage of that because, you know, you haven't maybe seen it yet, but they have. And and uh, like I said, I, 
I've really not had an issue in this industry with anybody being more than just transparent and friendly and, and frank and, um, you know, and now being a part of the anti-CMEX, um, you know, to be able to share best practices across the six other platforms in the United States. And, you know, a couple of times a year where I'm talking to folks, you know, from in the Nordics and Sweden, and, you know, um, you know, Malaysia, our Malaysia office is, was or the EBITDA was doubled because of a disinfecting service over there. And, and now it's like a regular thing in their portfolio. And I, I suspect we're gonna, you know, it's gonna be a regular thing in our portfolio now in these vertical markets that we didn't have prior to the pandemic. So uh, again, you know, being able to have this network now of this worldwide, you know, group, uh, it's, it's, been, it's been great, special and helpful. Good deal. Well, Jim, uh, great information and, uh, and great advice to, to other PCOs, and it was, uh, it was great to catch up with you, and I uh, appreciate you sharing some of your insights about the uh, rodent pressure you're seeing in New York City. Thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak with you, and uh, certainly if you have any questions anytime, give me a call. I'll happy to help. Good deal. And thanks to all of our uh, listeners for tuning in today, and have a great day.